Hi, this is Barry White. Please join me on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the first, for the first fucking thing. I'm cutting the fucking spot, Tony. Jesus. Hi, this is Barry White. And Paul Quinn College cordially invite you to a weekend in Texas on Friday, Saturday, one more time. Shit. Do it over, fuck it. Hi, this is Barry White. And Paul Quinn College in course cordially, shit, it cordially invite your ass to come on down. Hi, this is Barry White. And Paul Quinn College cordially invites you to a beautiful weekend in Waco, Texas on Friday this asshole fuck these words up, man. I mean, he's got words that he don't even need. Hi, this is Barry White. Fuck this shit, man. I'm gonna lay, cut this shit off. Hi, this is Barry White. And Paul Quinn College cordially invites you to a beautiful weekend on Friday, Saturday. Ain't this a bitch? This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. This is Priest Jacobs. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? This is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Thank you guys for listening. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to MoBetterSoul.com. Sorry, MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com and use the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next order. Um, you can get some fly shit on there. Also get the Negro League t-shirts that we have on there as well. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, I've been consistent with this shit, even when I ain't got nothing to talk about, which is probably this week. <laughs> There's nothing that's like really moved the needle with me. Um, I kind of put this Barry White shit on there because his birthday is coming up. I'm lying. That's not why I did it. I did it because I thought it was funny. Even though his birthday is September the 12th, I kind of lucked out in having his birthday close. But, um, you know. That's like the big lie about like your Facebook friends, right? Is that they get always sending like birthday shout outs to motherfuckers and shit. It's like, man, you didn't know my birthday. You only know it because it's on Facebook, which is cool. I appreciate it. Say happy birthday. More power to you. But don't act like you're the birthday specialist for everybody. Like, eh. It is this guy. Like, he seems real cool. But it's like every artist that got a birthday, he got a picture with him. And he posts them up. Like, yo, Jesse Jackson, happy birthday. It is a picture of him and Jesse Jackson the next day. Like, hey, yo, music soul child, happy birthday. You know, maybe because I'm jealous because I don't know nobody famous. But anyways, um, this is the Negro League podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, gosh, what's been going on since the last episode? It's like there's a lot of stuff that I talked about the last episode is still kind of like lingering, right? So like last week was kind of, you know, after Aretha had passed away and then we just had the funeral which technically probably is still going on right now, right? <laughs> Let me be honest with you. I ain't watched none of it. I ain't watched none of the funeral. Um, I'm kind of weird about funerals like that. Like, I don't I don't want to see it, even though, like, it was a really great home-going service, as, as like, black folks would say. Um, I just had no interest in seeing a lot of it, even though, like, black Twitter and black Facebook kind of kept me well abreast on all that stuff. So, um, you know... Kind of glad that's over. There was kind of like a, a, a few 
things that happened was Ariana Grande, Grande. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm saying the name right, where the preacher's like grabbing on her. And then you got like Michael Coulter, a.k.a. Luke Cage, saying like, this is how you shoot your shot. You know, then he gets like buried and then he apologizes and it's just like, oh, gosh, this whole thing is a mess. Um, there's a few other things too, you know, like like preachers talking about how, uh, you know, it go into the black and black crime and what about black and black crime and all this. Yeah. I saw some clips of Michael Eric Dyson, which a.k.a. people say that looks like like I'm going to look in 30 years, which I'm like, all right, I've been every light skinned person you can imagine. So I was always called like everyone from kid from kid and play to, to fucking Sinbad. So yeah, throw it at me. <laughs> right. I'll take it. Fuck it. Um, he had a few words I thought was really, really great. Of course, I don't know what he said because all the words had like 30 syllables in them, but, um, check that out. Look it up. If you feel like looking that stuff up, um, what else has been going on, man? Like, it's just been real crazy shit. Like, it's it's been really kind of cool, chilly, you know, because it's like, this kind of was a week where I kind of felt like taking a break, right? Because it's like, it's Labor Day, then I'm literally doing this on Labor Day. I'm going to put it out on Labor Day because I'm a gangster like that. But it's like, you know, I'm exhausted, man. Like, I'm exhausted of so much shit that you see on the news and so much news that don't feel like news. Like, i give you an example, right? I don't know his real name. I don't feel like looking it up on IMDb, but um, old buddy that played Elvin on the Cosby show, you know, everybody's like wilding out because somebody took a picture of him in, in Trader Joe's and then you got like Fox News kind of like making fun of him and all that type of stuff. And it's like, you know, first of all, Trader Joe's is cool as a, cool as a motherfucker, right? I went there last night, got some two buck chuck. And side note, if you want to get yourself a really nice steak, go over there. They got the little steaks, just like in little packages or whatever. You get like a New York strip. Or or something like that for like seven bucks. Nigga, nigga, nigga. It's delicious shit, man. So go go get some of that. Um, but not like, you know, y'all act like this nigga working at Walmart or something. Even if he was working at Walmart, fuck it. Like, don't job shame somebody for having a job. It's like people can't have it both ways. You can't if you struggling and you can't pay the bills and pay the rent, and niggas is like, yo, I ain't trying to work there. And somebody's like, well shit, you know. You might, you know, if you really cared about your family, cared about your kids, you work anywhere, right? We can't have that. And then as soon as we see somebody working at a spot that we think is beneath them, like bury them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, I'm not going to job shame that motherfucker for having a job. Like Trader Joe's is dope, you know, and hell, more power to him. Like what you need to be doing is like have that same energy when you see motherfucking Sandra somewhere. Like where the fuck is Sandra from the Cosby Show? Does anybody know where the fuck she is? Like like seriously, I ain't trying to be funny. Like seriously, like does anybody know where she is? Like I don't think I've ever seen her in another TV show, another movie. At least they got to play Elvin has been on episodes of uh, It's Always Sunny. So it's like yeah, um, that was a very non story. And funny funny enough, that was the first thing on my list to talk about. And it's like it was like thirty seconds worth of talking because that's only. <laughs> That's all you need to have on that subject. It's like, yo, nigga got a job. Leave him alone. Next. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think the other thing that's happened this week, let's see. Uh, Ozark came back out, season two. I finished that shit in a day and a half. That was pretty dope. If you guys uh, haven't started on that, I think you guys should check it out. Uh, Jason Bateman, I think he's like criminally underrated. And it's really kind of cool to see him in a in a lead role. Um, he's dope. Laura Linney is in it, and she's like one of my secret old white women crushes. Um, she played in uh, a few things that I thought was dope. If you guys haven't seen uh, John Adams with Paul Giamatti playing John Adams, that was really, really dope. 
uh, directed by Tom Hooper. So, like, I've been a fan of hers for a while. She's a real dope actress. The show is just dope. Like, I, I really like it. I tell people it's like Imagine Breaking Bad condensed to the first episode, right? Like, the whole season of Breaking Bad where it took, you know, Walter White to to end up having his family finding out that he's a drug dealer or whatever involved in this shit with cartels. It took, like, seven seasons or five seasons to get to that point. Ozark did that shit in the first episode, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like, all right, you know, your dad's laundering money. The kids know about it immediately. And, like, I think that that was pretty fantastic. So that show's really fly. Uh, I don't think there's anything else worth watching right now. I mean, you know, I've been watching Insecure. And shout out to the people that have HBO Go. Apparently, they're going to start releasing shit the day of. So, like, I saw Insecure at, like, 11 a.m. on Sunday. And you don't have to wait till 10.30 for the show to come on. So, you know, eh, those are the two things I'm keeping up with. Everything else is like, I know y'all waiting for the football season. I'm still on the fence about that. And fucking Game of Thrones is the only two things I really give a fuck about right now, right? Um, yeah, that's about it as far as, like, that's concerned. Like, it's not really movies that's coming up anytime soon to really give a shit about. You know, I, I you know, I've seen Black Klansmen and we talked about that. Uh, I still haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, um, even though I see Boots Riley going at Spike publicly a little bit. Um, other than that, like, what fucking movie is out that I really give a shit about? Like, nothing, man. Nothing. Like, I don't know. I, I want to get back to the books, you know? We started a, a, a black book club called The Black Book, where we just read books by black authors, and it's just really kind of dope shit. And I started about a year or so ago, and I've been kind of off track. Because, like, be honest, man, I can't find enough people to consistently want to catch up and read and talk about books. Black folks. Maybe it's just a victim of this city, or maybe this nigga's just busy and tired. I don't know. But um, I want to revamp that again. So I think uh, let's talk about books next time. Let's let's just, let's get our hands on some books and, and, and see if this podcast could be something where we can recommend some books and, and get people reading um, outside of that, uh, this past week I went to Atlanta for Dragon Con, which is a huge comic convention they got out there. We were there a little bit early to do this thing that was dedicated to, uh, black folks involved in the industry. So black folks to work for Marvel, black folks to work for DC, shout out to the homie Sanford Green, shout out to Afua Richardson, um, Eisner award winning, uh, visual artist, which I'm gonna be honest with you, man, we all know that a lot of this stuff is like a boys club, right? Like a lot of these big businesses, it's always boys club, boys club, right? Then there's the minor- the minorities of black folks. So we rarely have black folks in the comic industry. So that's a rare thing. But the minority of the minority are black women. And the fool is like one of those people that's like, you know, working for those major companies. It's like fucking amazing, fucking dope. So shout out to her. Um, Dragon Con was cool. I was there just on Friday just for a little bit. Uh, checking the spot out, you know, walking through a couple of times. And let me be honest with you, though, I ain't had the energy for it, man. Like, I've been exhausted with those events. Like, I remember the first time I went to to Comic-Con in San Diego, it was sensory overload. Like, it was you just exhausted. Like, I wish I had a fucking Fitbit to kind of show how much I was walking around. But it's just so much shit. And I'll tell you one thing. If I had kids, I wouldn't take my kids there. Because it was too much for me. It was too much walking, too much, too many niggas bumping in each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a lot of shit, right? And, and I mean, honest with you, too, like, I'm a little paranoid because <laughs> I was having this conversation with a friend of mine is that, that after, like, the shooting happened 
at uh, the EA thing for for Madden. It's like this, like shooting at fucking football tournaments, man. Um, gaming tournaments. I'm like, how how is there any security at Comic Con where I don't see none of it? You know what I'm saying? And these motherfuckers are dressed up to the nines with cosplay. And there's a lot of motherfuckers with cosplay that dress up like they got fake guns and shit like that. Who's to say these motherfuckers can't wild out? Like, I'm not saying that it's inevitable that something like that is going to happen. I'm just telling you that I don't trust white people. <laughs> like, like in, in settings like that now, I'm like, nah. You know, especially after Black Panther then came out and been what it was. Like, you know, all you need is some MAGA hat guy dressing up like he's a military guy and you just think, oh, He's wearing some outfit, like he's dressed like somebody, and then they wild out. So it's like, I'm sorry if that feels irresponsible for saying that, but I'm just being honest. Like, I feel like a lot of those places need to have, like, upped-up security. Because to be honest with you, man, you know, I'm in South Carolina. Like, Dylan Roof shot up a fucking church, killed nine people. Like, church is unsafe. So you really can't give me any indication that anything out here is safe nowadays. Right. Like it's, I'm just paranoid. It's, it's, it's like there's not a lot of security for anything. And then guns are so easy to get your hands on. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, you know, I went to, I went to Dragon Con for, <laughs> for a day. I felt kind of mad because I left early because I had to get back to, to my city. And and my homeboys was posting up pictures with Lisa from coming to America. And again, I don't know her name and I'm too lazy to go on IMDb to look at it. But even if I knew her name. Her ass is Lisa. And she looks good. She looks real good. Like, so I'm mad that I missed her because, like, you know, I'm light-skinned. So I've always been called James L. Jones, too. I meet a girl. I'll be like, I'm looking for my son, Akeem. Like, oh, my goodness. You sound just like him. Like, yeah. You know, like, it's something I've been doing for years. And I do do say that if they ever did a biopic on James L. Jones, I want to play that motherfucker. Like, straight up. So maybe I should write that shit. Who knows? Hmm. Um, speaking of writing, I've kind of had like a, a brain fart or a roadblock to, to wanting to write like editorials and stuff like that. Like I want to, want to write editorial and I don't know what I want to write about. Right. Like, like I was talking last week that I wanted to do something about the NFL that I still haven't crafted. Um, maybe I should hurry up because the, the season fucking starts this week and it'll make sense to have something this week. But (sighs) there was something that came across me the other day, man. And it's just. I don't know, man. I just, I really just hate everything, right? Like I hate everything. I don't know if this is the thirty-five-year-old speaking, but it's weird. Like I'm on some get off my lawn shit, but I'm also on some like yeah, okay. Like I give you an example, like the hip hop niggas. Like I was talking about this maybe a week or two ago, where it's like the hip hop niggas that hate everything, you know. But they don't hate everything. They hate the youth. They hate young people doing dope shit. So it's just like, you know, somebody posted up this meme. <laughs> it's like it's like a picture for one of those scare straight episodes where you got like some some hardcore strong ass black dude yelling at a kid and like the caption on the meme basically was just like, Little nigga, you don't listen to real hip hop. What's your favorite gangstar songs? You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of just some some intense shit. And it's kind of accurate, like 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 I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy that that get mad at the youth for being the youth. Because like let's be let's be honest, man. I don't know if I talked about it before on here, but fuck it, I'm gonna say it. Like let's let's be honest. It's like let's be honest. Like I grew up on Wu Tang. Like let's just pick them out specifically. Grew up on Wu Tang. Don't you think the generation before Wu Tang, if we all be honest about it, 
were burying those niggas when they first came out. Like honestly, like the the, the generation before Wu Tang was the <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 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 don't you think those niggas was burying Wu Tang? Like what the fuck? These niggas got Chinese movies or or, or kung fu movies on their shit. What are they sampling? Why these niggas got all these weird names? Like, why is this nigga called Raekwon the Chef? His real name isn't even Raekwon. And that's the nigga Cook? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, RZA, Jizza. Like, why Why are the names three letters? Like, like, you can't tell me. You can't tell me that's not what happened. Like, the same way niggas are, are mad at young niggas. Where you, I can't understand what they're saying. Could you understand what, what Wu-Tang was saying? Like, like the first, the first uh, verse on um, what's the song called on on Ghostface's Supreme Clientele, Nutmeg, and the fact they call it Nutmeg, maybe it's something about crack. Who knows? But it's like scientific. My hand kissed it. I'm Baba Bussik, Cobra Clutch it. Watch me dolly dick it. What the fuck did he just say? <laughs> right? <laughs> Can we be honest about that shit? Like, what the fuck did he just... I mean, honestly, even Little Brother made fun of it on The Listening, where the last track, they doing that random-ass, you know, uh, uh, word salad shit. <laughs> word salad, like, just throw a bunch of shit in there. Speaking of word salad, like, I got some Lauren Hill stuff coming. But, like, you know, like, if we're honest about it, that's what happened. You know what I mean, and and we just grew to love it, and and now we're the old niggas that that are fussing at people. Like man, let them young boys do their shit. Let the young boys do their shit, because the more that they're doing their shit, the less they're breaking into my house taking stuff. Like go for it, make a record, right? I was having this discussion today with with the homie at the gym, and we was talking about um Jay Electronica, right? Like we was having a conversation about him, and and and. I don't know how we got onto it, but I think we were talking about like Dreamville and how, you know, J. Cole is is rare in a sense. I mean, I know a lot of people call him boring and all that type of stuff, but Jake Jay can spit his ass off. And there's one thing about J. Cole that I really, really admire is that he don't need no help from nobody. Like, like he's very self-sufficient. And J. Cole has the ability to put a record out, like put a single out that sounds like an album cut. And it becomes a single. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the production is real jazzy, or it's like you know lower BPMs and stuff like that. And he turns those records into singles, where a lot of artists can't do that shit. And so, him and I were having a discussion. He's just like, you know, J Cole took advantage of the Jay Z co-sign early on, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, all you need, Jay give you one record, you take that shit and run with it. You know what I'm saying? Like that first album, Jay give you a record, you run with it. Same thing he did for Lupe, right? Like, Jay, give him one record, run with it. Like, if you don't make something happen after that, that's on you. So the conversation got into Jay Electronica, and it's just like, you know, what happened to Jay Electronica in a sense, right? Where it's like Exhibit A and Exhibit C are phenomenal records, and then we don't really get much else. Like, like we got stuff, but it wasn't the same. Like, he put a record out with Mob Deep. He even put a record out with Jay, and it didn't move the needle, and I... And I contend two things happen. I think some people need somebody to push them to get their record out. Like, somebody needs to say, all right, nigga, stop recording. We're taking this out of your hands. We're putting this out. Like, Jay is not that guy. Jay is going to be like, hey, Rock Nation, do what you want to do. If you got an album done, just give it to me. You know, if not, uh, don't worry about it. Like, Jay is not going to be the type that's going to chase 
a nigga down. Because, Jay, man, I told y'all a couple episodes ago, Jay-Z just did this goddamn show. He ain't worried about <laughs> chasing niggas and trying to, like, motivate them to put a record out. Like, J. Cole seems to be self-motivated. Like, Jay Electronica might not be one of those guys. He might have a bunch of records. But what I think happened, the second thing happened, I think that we got in the way, man. Like, we don't allow niggas to, to just be great or be okay. Or build up to be great, right? It's like Exhibit A and Exhibit C came out, and I'm included with this. We just put this nigga on the Mount Rushmore immediately. And that has to be a level of pressure that I don't think that we really think about, right? It's like if 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 those records were what they were, that heavy, that hard early on, how do you record anything after that? Right. Like, how do you do something after that? If that's the standard you're living up to. Right. It, it, and it becomes Chappelle show. Like Chappelle show season two. Dave was like, yo, fuck. We got Prince. We got Rick James. What the fuck am I doing after this? Like, and I know there's other things to it. Right. I, I know there was things where Dave talks about, you know, not selling your soul and, and having a cost. And if it's and if the. If the fame costs too much, don't do it. Don't pay for it. And I get that. And I think I admire Dave on that, where he basically was just like, man, fuck all of y'all. I'm good. And pulled back. He stuck to his guns on that. Like, you look on Dave's IMDb, you know, until he did these two shows on Netflix. That nigga didn't do nothing. (laughs) Right? Like, he totally just fell off. Like, there was no, no TV show appearance, no movie appearance, even though he's in that new Bradley Cooper movie, Um, A Star is Born, which that shit looked pretty good. Even though it's like about a country singer. But, you know... I think some of that happened with Dave. It's like, yo, how do you top that? And then there's like just really, really ridiculous pressure that's on you for that, right? So I don't know. I think we kind of got some of that to blame too. It's just like, like let a nigga put a record out, man. Like let's not let motherfuckers live. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like especially now, right? Where it's just like it's not hard for people to get bitter, you know? Because you got a lot of dudes that are really dope that they had to work really hard, that a lot of young boys don't have to work as hard. Not saying they didn't have to work hard, but just saying, like, you know, technology comes in. Like, you know, I remember when I first started recording records, and I'm not that old. Like, we had to record on DAT, nigga. (laughs) Right? We had to record on DATs. Like, motherfuckers don't do that shit anymore. Right? You get yourself a MacBook Pro, record a record, put it out. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? And I think there's some resentment for people that had to go through all this stuff to do it. And they see these young kids coming out and they just get, you know, old man status, shake the fist status, right? So I'm weird in the sense of I'm on some old man shit, but I don't have any beef with young cats doing their thing, right? But it's like, when I mean I hate everything, it's like I hate, I hate how we've done Facebook and Instagram culture, right? Like, there's this chick on Instagram. Oh my gosh, I'm biggest crush ever, right? It's Kima, Kima Russo, Russo, whatever. Beautiful chick. I mean, stunning, amazing. And she does this like, um, what do you call it? She's like a fitness model on there, and I'm loving all of it. Oh my god, like pictures, like, 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 right? Then the more and more I look at it, I'm like, yo. Can she eat a meal without taking a picture of it? Can she leave the house without taking a picture of her outfit? Can she, like, you know, go to the bathroom? You know what I'm saying? Like, it becomes, like, you realize, like, oh, she has to take a picture of everything, right? 
And then you start like knowing people that 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 you're around that there's all these images on Facebook and Instagram that smile and I'm out. Oh, I'm chilling. I'm on vacation and, and motherfuckers can't pay their rent. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, what have we done to ourselves? Like I've done it, right? Where you feel bad and 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 somehow you're a little depressed. So you pull out some picture where you think you look sexy and post that shit up so motherfuckers can can like it. Or motherfuckers don't like it because of the time you post it up, you feel some way about it. And then you feel like, or I figure out, you know, you're looking for um validation from people that don't even know you. Right? Like that becomes a part of our culture. And that's what I mean that I hate everything. Like that becomes that becomes me too, right? Like I, I'm feeling like, yo, like what am I doing? Why am I posting this shit? Like, what if nobody says, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 it was a moment at the Jay, Jay-Z Beyonce concert. I'm sorry, the Beyonce concert. <laughs> Where I took a couple of pictures and I stopped. Because I was like, nah, I need to enjoy this. All right? The best promotion is you should have been there. The best promotion is... Word of mouth. The best promotion is like you know those comedy shows where you go in there and they take they basically take your fucking phone when you walk in the building. All right, here you go. Put in this bag so you can have the actual experience with it. Right? Like I I want to get to more of that. I want to get to like weaning off Instagram, weaning off Facebook. Like I already I already feel like I, you're not going to see me arguing on social media with anybody, right? Like, if you want my opinion, you're going to have to pay for it or check it out on a platform that I control. So it's like, you know, if I got if I got an opinion about politics, sports, music, arts, culture, whatever, I'm going to write an editorial and get paid for it. Like, here you go. Read that. Or you're going to listen to the Negro League. Thank you so much for listening. But, like, you know, but other than that, I'm not going to go and argue back and forth with somebody on some shit. Like, nah, nah, right? So, so yeah, um, I hate what we've become. And, and, I'm, and I'm saying we is, is, is in stuff that I don't like about it either, where there's this obsession with, with social media. Like, I mean, let's be honest, right? Facebook has admitted that they're responsible for getting Trump elected for the most part with, with the, the bots and, and taking all this money from the Russian government. They really didn't give a fuck about looking hard and seeing if, if these companies were up to snuff because, you know, we're addicted to money. Like, oh, you're paying? Well, I'm turning my head. And they basically acknowledge like, hey, all right, maybe we fucked up. And now they're trying to, like, double back and be like, oh, let's take, let's take Alex Jones off, off our platforms because the stuff he's saying is, is lies and hate-filled. Like, well, it's too late now, right? Like, the cat is out in the bag. But in saying that, we know how responsible these motherfuckers are. I mean, think how crazy this is. We know how responsible they are for assisting a foreign government to fuck with our local politics. And we still got our Facebook page. Right? Like, we'll, you know, we ironically would complain about Facebook on Facebook. But nothing has changed. Right? Like, you know. The Analytica company, whatever they're called, like Cambridge Analytica, they took millions and millions of our information and used it for stuff like this. They weaponized our information, information that we give willingly because Facebook's like, hey, put this up here or you won't be on here. Or what they did to me about a year or two ago, it's like, hey, you can't have a nickname. We got to get your real, your real name. 
and you have to take a picture of your driver's license and send it to us. We promise we won't use that information for bad. But if you don't do this, we'll delete your account in seven days, right? And I hit that moment. I was like, what the fuck are they trying to do this for? And then what did I do? The 11th hour? All right, take a picture of my driver's license. Like, that's what we've become, right? The FBI, (laughs) prior to, like, social media being what it was, the biggest database for the FBI to find criminals was pizza places. Just think about it like this. If you're calling to order a pizza, that's the one time you're not giving false information. Because the nigga's going to have to deliver it, right? (laughs) Right? You call from a landline or whatever. Like, you're going to give your real address, period. What's your name on a pizza? Okay, Tom. (laughs) Right? You're not going to lie about that because they're bringing you a fucking pizza. The FBI used to tap into this databases to find out that shit. Like, that was their biggest source of information, right? Like, now, we always, like, think that somebody's going to break into our accounts and steal our stuff. We give it, we give that shit willingly. And I think it's a, I think it's terrible, and I and I, and I want to be more on the opposite of that, right? Like, I want to get to the point where it's just like, yo, I want to depend less on social media and be more about real life. So, I don't know. <sighs> I know I said I have something to say about Lauren. I really ain't got shit to say about this Lauren stuff. She wrote a letter back to the Robert Glasper stuff. I don't care. Um, Eminem had a dope record that came out where he's back to form, and huzzah. Um, fuck it. It's it's Labor Day, man. I want a fucking steak. I want to see my mama and my dad and my sister and my brother. So fuck it. Love you guys. Put the shit out. Talk to y'all next week. Once again, this is the Negro League Podcast. Go to mobettersold.bigcartel.com with code Negro to save 10% on your next order. Thank y'all so much for checking this out. Peace.